0: as in any business, you do have to really invest to get to that next level. So whether that is investing in a team or outsourcing or, you know, investing in paid marketing, all of that sort of thing, uh, I think that is obviously a scary thing to invest your money and more money than you are in products and everything like that. But it is really what is needed to to get to that next level. So, yeah, I think not, not outsourcing and not investing in probably the two biggest mistakes.
1: and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome to the next episode of the Next Level Life podcast. Today we're talking all about paid and organic marketing with the beautiful Chelsea Berman from Blossom Media. Chelsea is a 24-year-old ambitious entrepreneur, marketer, and founder of Blossom Media a social media agency empowering small e-commerce brands to grow their sales and build their community online. Over the last three years, Chelsea and her team have grown countless e-commerce brands through social media advertising, including Greenhouse Interiors, Monty, Tiger Tribe, and The New Divine. In addition to this, Chelsea has helped brands turn $1,000 into $100,000 through a strategic approach to social media, advertising, and education. Chelsea's passion lies in empowering and educating brands to learn and leverage their online presence, sales, and impact through strategic social media. In today's episode, we cover off all the biggest mistakes that e-commerce brands make as they grow, the simple things that you can can change to make all the difference, which are often forgotten, what to do when you want to step away from being the face of the brand, how to overcome the cost of getting started with Facebook advertising, what service-based businesses need to do to focus on when they're introducing a new product, and what's no longer working in the social media marketing space. So let's get into today's episode. Well, I'm excited for today's guest. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Chelsea. So excited to have you here.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I've listened to your podcast quite a bit before, so I'm very excited to be on. Amazing. Well, I am excited to talk a
1: lot more about e-commerce businesses because it's not something that I talk too much about on the podcast. And yes. when we've had multiple conversations in the past, and I love what you put out, and I love that you're so open to actually speaking to both paid and organic marketing when it comes to your e-commerce business, because I feel like sometimes it can often be one or the other. It's like you have to Mm. do, you know, but you need to actually have the blame. So I'm excited to see where this conversation is going to go today. So before we even dive in, can you give us a little bit of a background about yourself, about where you, when you started Blossom and what Blossom Media is all about?
0: Sure. So I started Blossom Media, I think it's a about three and a half years now, hard to remember exactly. Um, yeah, I think about three and a half years. And before that, I was working at a marketing agency, uh, which I started working at uh, just after I was at uni. I did not finish my uni degree. I only did a semester and was just really not loving it. Uh, it was was marketing and I knew that I wanted to do marketing, but I think it was just the type of learning uh, I just wasn't resonating with. Um, so I kind of said to myself, I'll defer, I'll see if I can get a job in marketing, even with no experience, see how I go. And luckily I was able to find a job at a marketing agency and I worked there for about two and a half years, um, but it was very different to what I do now. It was, you know, B2B, it was very tech, uh, big tech companies, and it just wasn't, wasn't really lighting me up, I guess, but obviously it was amazing, Learned so much. Uh, but I kind of do started doing a bit of freelance work on the side, uh, really working in the social media space. It's something I've grown up with and always been really interested in. Um, and always worked on a lot. So yeah, just started doing some of that on the side and just started getting busier, you know, with referrals. And I started my own Instagram, my business Instagram, uh, and got a lot of people through that. And since then, it's just been a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, You know, those three years have gone very, very fast. But um, yeah, did, did go full time in my business quite soon after I started it and then just had to navigate running a business. You know, when I did start my business, I was 20 um, and definitely had no business experience. So yeah, just kind of working out obviously how to help my clients and all of that sort of stuff, but also running a business and how to get new clients and navigate all of that. So yeah, it's definitely been a journey, which I'm sure every business owner can relate to.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And especially like, my goodness, like starting a business at 20, like Mm. even, I can't even (laughs) Like I was running other people's businesses at 20, but I couldn't have even thought, but again, it would have been a different time of like, yes. whereas now I feel like it's like so encouraged, right? Like I just mm-hmm. love that as people, like I, I have nieces and nephews that are, you know, 14, 15, 16. are so uh, I've actually got a niece and nephew and that are like 18, 19 and they're already starting businesses. They've already got businesses. And I'm like, I freaking love that. It's so good that there's a whole different space now where it's so encouraged. So what do you feel like was like the biggest biggest like learning lesson that you had to have starting a business so young?
0: Yeah, there was a lot. Um, I think the main one would probably be having to, you know, deal with any of those prejudices around being so young um, because obviously I don't have that years of experience that people that have worked in, you know, big corporates and everything have. Um, And, you know, some people would come to me and kind of find out that I was young and then not want to work with me, which I totally understand. But, you know, in the social media space, our generation are the ones who have grown up with social media. We know it like the back of our hand. Um, Obviously, we do have to, you know, learn the marketing side of things. But uh, yeah, I don't think anything can beat that uh, education you get by literally, yeah, growing up with social media and seeing its conception to what it is today. Um, so yeah, I think I've just, you know, experienced a bit around that and people not respecting boundaries and, you know, not wanting to pay invoices and all of that sort of thing. Um, and I think maybe trying to take advantage because, um, I was and am young, so yeah, just kind of putting those boundaries in place and trying to not just be a people pleaser and having that confidence to you know say no or say no, this is what we agreed and all of that sort of thing. So that's probably been the biggest one.
1: Yeah, and you know what? Like even years on from that, people still have those challenges, right? Still have yeah. people pleasing tendencies, still have oh, those sure. boundaries we need to set into place. It's like coming to that level of confidence within yourself to set that too, And I think that that's a huge learning curve that I think every business owner goes through. And you're so right when it comes to socials. Like, I think that not only does it constantly change. So working in it rather than just learning about it is Mm. like baptism of fire, but at the same time, it makes you better at it. Right. Like I was talking to a client about this like a year or so ago and she was like, but how do you learn social media? Like, is there a course you can take? And I was like, no, just go and do it. (laughs) Like you need to actually be doing it on a consistent basis, be interested in it, see and be noticing what everyone else is doing and figure out how they do it and Google it and do all the things because it always is constantly changing. I don't think you could ever do one course and then it'd be done, right? Like it's not.
0: No, definitely not. And yeah, it is the businesses and the people that actually have an interest in social media and are actually on the platforms and you're not just using the platforms to just post a business post and then leave like you do really need to be involved and use them as that social platform that they were designed to be.
1: Mm, Absolutely. So I'd love to know what do you love about what you do?
0: Oh, I love a lot. Uh, My favorite thing and you know, what lights me up is really the educating. Um, You know, I do quite a lot of masterclasses and workshops and that sort of thing. And I just love and coaching and I love just seeing the the business owner, you know, grasp what I'm saying, or me really help them understand something, um, or help them, you know, get results when they do put into place what I teach them. It's just so awesome to see. Um, and you know, as we said, social media it's such a confusing place, changes all the time. So it's really great when I can help someone become more confident with that, and not see it as this thing that they dread. Um, so that's yeah, definitely one of my favorite things. Uh, I also obviously love just the flexibility that comes with running my own business, um, being able to create these services whenever I want really, you know, new things. Um, I'm definitely someone that does get bored easily. So it's so good to just be able to innovate and do all these different things really whenever I want. Um, so yeah, really, really love that aspect of it too.
1: Love it. I'm exactly the same. I love the that goes with it and that quick moving, right? Like Mm. I imagine you're very similar to that where it's like, oh, you get this idea and you're like, want to bring it to life and then you just go and do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no one to ask, no one to check with. You can just go.
1: <laughs> so good. So good. And so you very much specialize with e-commerce brands. Would that be true to say?
0: Yeah, definitely. And I did start my business, uh, serving anyone that would come, (laughs) anyone that would pay me, uh, obviously just to get that experience. And because it was a new business, which I think most people probably do, but, um, yeah, I think it was maybe kind of six months down the line that I was working with quite a few e-commerce businesses and it was just the work that I really enjoyed. Um, and also the work where I was getting the best results for them. And I could really see that potential, I think. And, um, Obviously, there isn't, there isn't a huge amount of people, well, back then there is now, but it wasn't a huge amount of people, I think, specializing just in e-commerce as well. So I kind of found that space that I really enjoyed and obviously saw the potential there. So um, yeah, kind of decided from that point to really specialize in e-commerce and kind of got rid of all my service-based clients. And um, yeah, from then on have really focused on those either physical or digital uh, product businesses that sell online. Some of them have physical stores as well, but we obviously focus on the online component.
1: Yeah, nice. Awesome. So I'd love like for us today to talk a lot more about that paid marketing and organic marketing for e-commerce businesses. But that's not to say that service-based businesses probably will also take a lot out of this. So I would love to know when it comes to actually, let's just start super, super clear. So when it comes to when you say product-based business or e-commerce business, what do you specifically mean? Like what is a product?
0: Yes. So basically a physical product that you can hold in your hands uh, or a digital product. So something like an e or a course, uh, I would say majority of our clients are more the physical products, um, but we do have a few of the digital products as well. Um, and yeah, that is my definition of e-commerce. Some people have different types of definitions, but um, yeah, basically any sort of product. So not a service, you know, where you're doing something for someone like a plumber or a uh, social media marketer like I am. So yeah, that's kind of the, the difference.
1: Awesome. I just wanted to start there because I think it's important to point out because as we before we even hit record, I spoke about how like, you know, service-based businesses can actually have products, right? So it's like sometimes we introduce them later on. And so I just want to get clear on that because even if you're a service-based business listening to this, if you're wanting to launch a course or if you're mm-hmm. wanting to have templates or some type of digital product to sell, you're definitely going to take a lot away from today's episode. So let's let's just start firstly with e-commerce brands. And like, what are some of the things, the biggest mistakes that you see businesses make as they start to grow?
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Um, one that isn't really related to social media, I can start with, uh, is not outsourcing anything and trying to do everything themselves. And I've seen so many businesses, uh, you know, get stuck because they are trying to get to this next level. They're doing all this amazing marketing. They're releasing all these new products. It's all great. But they're, you know, still packing their own orders. They're still doing everything themselves. uh, And it just doesn't give you that space to be able to grow. Um, And yeah, a lot of the time, as in any business, you do have to really invest to get to that that next level. So whether that is investing in a team or outsourcing or, you know, investing in paid marketing, all of that sort of thing. uh, I think that is obviously a scary thing to invest your money and more money than you are in products and everything like that. But it is really what is needed to to get to that next level. So yeah, I think not not outsourcing and not investing in probably the two biggest mistakes, um, you know, that aren't related to, to social media. But if we're talking about Social media, probably the biggest one is not focusing on the community aspect of social media, obviously talking about the organic side of things here, but I think a lot of people, um, you know, as I kind of mentioned before, just use social media as that, selling platform uh, and aren't really engaging with their audience and trying to nurture and strengthen their community and, um, you know, asking their audience what products they want to see and all of that sort of thing. They're just kind of on their own path. But, you know, your audience is who's going to buy from you and who's going to recommend you to people. And you really need to have that strong community, um, I believe, to be able to really grow and get to that next step. So, yeah, I'd say those are probably the three kind of main ones that I see a lot.
1: Yeah, really good. Because I totally agree. I've seen that as well, where they literally either don't focus on the community, or you see the brands that have grown really Mm. well, really fast are the ones that have really developed their community. And sometimes it actually just comes natural from the person, right? And so if it doesn't come natural, what would you say some of the things that they need to be focusing on when it comes to building that community online?
0: Yes. Yeah, it doesn't come natural to a lot of people, so that's a great question. Um, I always love to create some sort of personal brand uh, in an e-commerce brand, which isn't something that I guess people... Recommend a lot. Obviously, in a service-based business, you are the service provider, so you're usually creating that personal brand. But in an e-commerce business, you think it's just kind of about your products. But when you start showing the people behind the brand, um, and you know, usually it's if you don't have a team, it's just you, the business owner. Once you start, you know, showing your face, it gives that story and that um person behind these products, and you know, that saying, people buy from people people want to connect with someone and want to, you know, go on that journey with you. So when you can show even your face or just tell your audience a little bit about you, it just starts building those connections. Uh, and usually once you do start it does start to become a bit more comfortable eventually (laughs) with a little bit of practice. So, you know, your first Instagram story of you speaking, might be absolutely horrible. You might hate it, but it's literally just practice. So as you keep going, you'll become so much more comfortable. You will see how it impacts your your growth and your community and your sales as well, because it is such a powerful way to make more sales. But um, yeah, my advice is, just start as uncomfortable as it might be. And um, yeah, show show your face and show the person behind the brand is always my biggest advice.
1: I so agree. I feel like people buy from people they really like. Yeah. Right. And so they want to get to know you. And I think that it also just comes with the caveat that you don't have to share everything either. Oh, like I think sure. some people have that expectation that they're like, oh, but if I start showing my face and talking about my life, I have to give everything and it's like nope you get to choose what you want to share but they do want to know who's making it who's sending it out and having that personal touch is super important hey
0: yeah and yeah boundaries are definitely important and such a huge thing um and that's something I do teach my clients when they we do start to create that personal brand what are things you don't want to share and what are things you don't feel comfortable with and that obviously might change over time you might start getting more comfortable and want to share more but it's definitely not necessary it's literally just yeah what you want to share and You can, obviously, I always recommend being real and being you and um, sharing that realness when you can, but you can really create your own kind of social media persona if you do feel more comfortable doing that Um, and, you know, it doesn't really have to be uh, exactly you and you don't have to share all the bad parts if you don't want to. Um, So, yeah, you can kind of do it in your own way, I think, as long as you are connecting on some level, uh, it, it works.
1: Yeah. Nice. And what about for those business owners that either have possibly built that and now they're at their stage where they kind of want to step back and focus on it being a brand rather than being a personal brand.
0: Mm.
1: Would you suggest in that transition of like, oh, they've realized that they've built this brand around their name and around themselves. And they're like, oh my goodness, for me to actually go to that next level and scale, I'm not going to be able to have to be, I don't want to be on socials every single day mm. and attach myself and taking that action, showing up on stories to get the results or to get the sales. Yeah, what would you then um, suggest when they're starting to step into that next next phase?
0: Yeah, once you get to that certain level uh, and you've built that really great community, a lot of the time you can then kind of focus it um, more on the community in a way. So you should, you know, be having your customers posting stories about your brand uh, and posting photos and all of that sort of thing and you can kind of bring that element into it um, to really, yeah, share that community and build it because people are seeing, you know, other people using the products and um, it just creates this little I know I've used the word community a lot, but this little community that people want to be a part of. Um, So, you know, once you do want to step away, um, of course, also showing your team is a great way to do it. If you do have a team at that point, which you probably will. Uh, So, yeah, it doesn't always have to be just you, just focused on you. Um, You can start bringing... Your, your audience, your customers, um, and anyone that's on your team into it. So it does, doesn't does have to be so focused on you and you don't have to put in all of the energy um, to show up every day. So, yeah, and that's what a lot of businesses do once they get to that, that point. Um, of course, they do still show up at some point with themselves and still, you know, have that connection. But a lot of the time they might not even be the ones replying to their messages anymore on Instagram. So if they are then introducing the person that is replying, it just creates that next level of um, connection and people don't mind uh, if it isn't the business owner they're connecting with, as long as it's someone that's connected to the business in some way, it's still like they have that connection with the business and with the brand, even though it's not that specific person. that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, that
1: makes total sense. Still, yeah, creating that community around it. And I think I agree with you. And even when you were saying like having your customers share, like show pictures or stories of them wearing or using your product, Mm. I think it creates also that like social proof of when we see someone else using something and they look like us or they feel like us and we relate to them, we want to see ourselves in it, right? So we actually feel much more connected to the products because it's like, well, if she's using it, then I want to use it, right? So it's it's a beautiful way to actually, yeah, increase your sales as well because people want to see other it being used and it creates this next level of like wanting it, I guess, or desiring it.
0: Yeah, 100%. Social proof is amazing and definitely needed. And yet yeah, when you can get it from your customers, it's just great. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So what I would love to talk about is like that is paid advertising first, and then we'll go into uh, organic. So when it starts with stepping into that next phase, I'm guessing mm-hmm. that there is before you start investing into doing advertising, there's probably some things you need to have in place in in your business before you go and start putting money behind it. What would you say those things would be?
0: Definitely. So you want to make sure you have a high converting website. Um, So making sure because you know, paid ads, you're obviously just sending people to your website. So once they get on that website, you want to make sure they're actually going to convert uh, and that you have all the steps in place for them to be able to do that. So making sure that, you know, the traffic you're sending organically already is converting really well. You have that conversion rate. Usually we say kind of 2% and above um, if you are looking at your stats, but um, obviously the higher, the better. Uh, So making sure you have a high converting website, a great Great website, uh, making sure that you are making those consistent sales already. Um, you know, a lot of people have maybe 30 sales and then they're like, oh, well, this is great. I want to, you know, start building this with ads. But, you know, 30 sales is not enough data there uh, to really be able to know who your audiences are, what they're loving about the products, um, you know, uh, just even data to use in terms of your audiences and your Facebook pixel uh, and everything like that so yeah you really need to have be getting those consistent sales every month ideally quite consistent every month so you know the same amount or growing um, is perfect and then once you do turn those Facebook ads on and you have that good strategy coming in in that funnel uh, it's just going to yeah create a whole new bunch of sales um, because you are reaching new people and bringing those people to your highly converting website so So those are probably the main two. The other one would be having, again, that really great social media, organic social media presence because you are running social ads. So usually people will click on the ad and either go to your website or go to your socials. So you want to make sure if they do go to your socials, you have that great presence and they can see that social proof and everything we've spoken about. Uh, Also, of course, that is an audience you can use and that data you can use to make your ads work better as well. So yeah, everything everything you've done up to the point where you start ads will really help the ads. So ideally waiting until you have all of that and as much data as you possibly can is going to be the best possible solution when you do turn those ads on.
1: Yeah. Awesome. That's so good. Cause I think that sometimes when people start to go, okay, I'm going to start putting some money behind this and start putting actually money on ads. There's actually that, that space between getting started and then seeing the results come through mm. of building the audience. Right. And actually having, figuring things out and like making sure that the ads are actually working that sometimes can be a barrier for people to actually get in. Is that, yeah. Would that make sense to say? Oh, definitely. Or- yeah. yeah so what would you say to those business owners that are like oh I've probably got a couple of quotes of like I'm going to have to start putting thousands of dollars into my marketing now mm-hmm. and I'm hesitating because it's going to take time or it's going to be like they've educated me in the in the space of like oh we're going to have to build your audience first or something like that like what would you say to those business owners
0: Yeah obviously there is always that that phase when you do start ads and you do have to wait to build some of that data. But, you know, if we, if you have done all of those things I just spoke about, it's going to be a lot shorter of a time. So that's why I do always recommend people kind of waiting until they have all of those things in place and as much data as they can, because then things work a lot faster and you're not going to have to, you know, spend as much money to build those audiences. So that's probably my top recommendation, but, you know, like anything, great. Things take time. Um, and, you know, if you think about your organic marketing and how long that might've taken to build and actually start getting sales from, it's going to be, you know, a lot faster than that, but it is going to take that time to initially start um, getting those sales and becoming consistent. So yeah, any any marketing you're doing is going to take time to start building. So you just kind of have to think about it like that. And um, that's why also I do recommend people start on a bit smaller budgets. So they're not, you know, breaking the bank too invest in these ads and they're able to keep them going for a long time. Uh, Because if you just spend all of your money, you have all of your budget on the ads in the first month, then you can't keep them going because um, you might not have gotten those results in the first month. So yeah, definitely a few things you can do to make it a bit easier. But yeah, you do kind of have to be aware that it might take some time.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that you shared that because it's one of the biggest things I think, you know, with conversations that I've had with business owners that have an e-commerce brand, it's like, oh, I could possibly do it for a month or two. Mm. But then I don't know, right? And I'm gonna have, or they wait to the very last piece. where like, we need to bring some money in, right? And they're in that space of scarcity. Yes, so they're just like, oh my god, we need to bring money in, and then it's gonna take longer, right? And it's like, maybe that's what not you should be focusing on. Yeah. Um, so do you want to speak to that, like, before I ask the next question?
0: Yeah, I just think that's the worst time to do ads when you are in that really, yeah, scared, and stressful situation of needing more money um, or needing more sales. That's, yeah, really bad time to do ads because a lot of the time uh, they usually won't work when you are in that in that space. And of course your mindset, I know you speak a lot about mindset is going to be uh horrible and stressed and all of those things. So you are going to likely run the ads for a few weeks, see that they're not getting sales. see you're wasting in quotation marks all this money um, and just turn them off. And then it's just going to be a waste of time and money. So um, yeah, I, I think you do need to have that mindset of these are going to be running for, you know, at least three months, um ideally over a very long period of time. Um, You know, we have campaigns that we've been running for clients for over three years, um, obviously changing audiences and changing ads, but they have been consistently running ads for that long. So yeah, you really need to think about the long-term and making sure that you do have that money to invest over the long-term as well. So yeah, definitely agree with that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And so I think maybe then maybe we should talk about organic first because I feel like I'm like getting cut before the horse or whatever that saying is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's say that they're not necessarily ready to invest yet, but they know that they want to build, right? So they obviously want yes. to build to that next phase. What else haven't you mentioned just yet that you think is really important when it comes to organic marketing?
0: Yeah, uh, I think obviously having great content and the strategy and all of the sort of thing, but I think in terms of growing and building, uh, it is using uh, to your advantage other people's audiences. So things like collaborations, things like influencers, brand ambassadors, all of those sorts of things you can do. Um, It's such a great way to obviously ideally help each other if you are doing a collaboration. You want to make sure it's mutually beneficial. But um, being able to use someone else's audience that they've built uh, and help your business and help build your business. Obviously making sure they are your target market and all of those sort of things. So you're not just getting a whole bunch of randoms to to your page and your website. But yeah, definitely taking advantage of other people's audiences whenever you can. Um, Even sharing, you know, other brands. I've seen a few brands do this, sharing other brands on their stories or their socials. And then that brand shares that and then directs people back to yours. So there's a few, you know, different ways to do it. Um, But yeah, definitely don't just focus on, Obviously, you still focus on it, but you don't just need to worry about building your audience and, you know, doing all these things. You can take advantage of other people's audiences that they've built um, and do that in a really great way as well.
1: Yeah, awesome. Love collaborations. I think that's so, so good to be able to get into new audiences. What would you say would be the next step for, like, let's maybe that let they've noticed that they've looked at their data and they're like, well, the audience that I actually have, I'm not really converting consistently. So what should I be doing? Is there certain practices that you suggest? Is there certain ways to, you know, convert the audience that they already have?
0: Mm. Yeah, it's all about nurturing and changing their mindset. So, you know, at the moment they might just be following along because they like your pictures or they might think that um, you're great personally if you are sharing that personal brand uh, or they might, you know, think the products are nice but not really know that they need them um, and you want to change that mindset too people that need your products and need what you're releasing and get excited about it and hop on it straight away. So that's kind of that mindset change that you need to make um, in your audience. And you can do that in a few different ways, but a lot of the ways it's going to be through your content. Um, obviously sharing social proof is such a great one and sharing other people using the products and reviews and things, um, but really, really focusing on your audience and knowing them inside out. So I talk a lot about pain and pleasure points and that's knowing how your product can solve the struggles or the needs or the wants of your audience and being able to communicate that uh, in a really great way is going to, yeah, really help your audience know why they actually need your product, how it's going to help them. Um, you always want to focus on your audience and how that product's going to help them rather than just saying it's pretty or, you know, it's created with this. You know, that's not really interesting to the audience. So you really have to think about the audience first always and how, yeah, it's going to help them
1: yeah nice and so what if the product is actually more of a nice to have or Mm. a, a luxury rather than a thing that solves a problem
0: yeah and this is uh probably you know with things like fashion brands um something they struggle with a lot in terms of how to actually get people to buy um and Great strategies for this is probably implementing that kind of social proof. So if you can get, uh, you know, your products shown with a lot of different people, uh, if we're talking about a fashion brand specifically, showing your products on a lot of different people and showing how they look, um, you know, it's not going to be something that you can really convince someone to buy in terms of this will change your life or, you know, help this specific struggle. But it is something that people want and something that people need a lot of the time, Um, you know, it might just make them feel nice about themselves. Uh, It might just look good on them. It might just get them ready for a party. Like there are still things you can kind of work in there that might not be specific struggles or, you know, needs, but, you know, people always want things. So just reframing that and thinking about the wants and being able to communicate those uh, instead still can work really well, even if you don't solve a particular problem.
1: Because mm. even just like showing them in different situations or scenarios, mm. I think that yeah, we need to get into the headspace of the client and be yeah. like, okay, so how like even for yourself, like if you sell a pro- selling a product and you will obviously be a product buyer as well. Like we all buy products, okay. so what is it that you need to see from other people that makes you go, oh, I really want that. Yeah, or, you know, like what what do you need to see it with? maybe like there's other areas that you need to focus on and really getting into your customer's headspace will help, Helpful help, helpfully. Oh my God. <laughs> help with that.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And that's why you need to know your audience so well um, and do all that customer research and everything, because that's, what's going to help you create that content that is going to convert them. So yeah, knowing your audience and focusing on them. So important.
1: Yeah. Love it. Is there any other little simple things that you think that make a big difference in a business that often get forgotten?
0: Yeah, I guess if we're talking about organic socials, um, particularly Instagram, uh, I'd say is Instagram stories, I feel like they are neglected a lot. Um, I think people focus just on their feed and I have see so many businesses not even really posting on their stories or posting once a week or something like that. And wow, really? Instagram stories, yeah, Instagram stories are shown usually so much more than than feed posts. I know myself, I go on Instagram and I just look at the stories. Sometimes I don't even scroll through my feed um, and a lot of people are like that. So yeah, stories are looked at so frequently and you know, the more someone watches and interacts with your stories, the more you'll then be shown to them. Uh, so it is really helping strengthening those relationships with your specific audience members Um, and you can show just so much more candidly you know your business Um, you can be in the warehouse again going back to a fashion brand in the warehouse uh, you know showing your different styles just getting someone in your team or you to pop on a style and saying this is coming soon or this is out now Um, go and check it out and that's not really something you probably would do on your feed but it's something you can do in your stories um, and really just show more real time uh, your business and your products and you know, without the filters and without the curation and not having to think of a caption and all of that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think Instagram stories, when they're used well, it can work so, so well. And yeah, I just feel like people don't take advantage of them enough.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of fear around it, having to think you have to show your face. Like, also, yeah, and I think that it's being mindful of like where you're uh, noticing other people and recognizing whether it's a similar thing. Mm. So what I'm trying to say is if you're a product-based business and you maybe follow personal brands or you follow service-based businesses, I see a lot of service-based businesses, and I suggest it as well for clients of mine, where we show our face and actually yeah. talk because you want to build trust, especially if they're, you're the one they're going to work with. You really want to build that trust. Whereas if you're a product-based business and seeing that and then doing that, it might not be as good of a fit. Would you say that?
0: Yeah, definitely. Obviously, I do it when you can and if you are comfortable showing your face, definitely recommend that. But it's not not always necessary. Uh, and I think if you think, again, about your audience, what they might like to see, say your audience is mums, you're selling baby products, you can, you know, show parts of your day doesn't have to be of you or of your child or anything like that, but parts of your day that are about being a mum. And that's obviously going to relate to your audience. So it doesn't even have to always be about your products or about your brand, but again, about your audience and something they might just find entertaining and something they want to follow along and watch and keep watching every day and, you know, be excited for your stories is something you really want to get to. Love it. And is there any other
1: type of organic marketing that you think that they need to be considering when they're wanting to grow other than
0: socials? Definitely Um, email marketing. It's definitely not my forte, so I can't give any specific tips, but definitely recommend it. Obviously we are in this space now that e-commerce is so crowded, social media is so crowded. So you do need to really have that multi-channel approach and not just be focusing on just Instagram. Um, You know, if we're talking about social media, getting on TikTok and all of that sort of thing and making sure you're reaching different customers at different points of their journey, where they're hanging out, all of that sort of thing. So yeah, things like email marketing uh, is so, so important. I've seen clients get awesome results. Um, I also have a client that does quite a lot of PR and that helps our ads immensely because obviously a lot more people are going to their website, a lot more people are searching for them. And then we're retargeting them with the ads and um, building those audiences in other ways is yeah, just, just great. And when you can do it, obviously for either no budget or on a low budget uh, obviously makes it a lot better too. And um, you can do it a lot more and build those audiences larger because you're not just paying for every single person you're reaching.
1: Love it. That's so good. Such good advice. Love it. Uh, I would, love for you to speak to let's say we have like a service-based business that has actually in- introduced a digital product that they want to sell mm-hmm. what do you think that they need to be focusing on or like what's different like from being a service-based business to then step into actually having a product in your business what do you see is different that maybe gets missed or that we need to be focusing on?
0: Yeah, maybe and this is something I'm guilty of too because I am a service uh, provider that has digital products, not physical products, but digital ones. Um I just feel like service providers don't promote their products enough a lot of the time. Obviously some people do, but I feel like obviously we are focused on providing those services, doing all the client work, um, which isn't something, you know, physical e-commerce businesses have um, to also do. So, you know, we're very busy um, and, you know, usually our services are at a higher price point. We have those monthly retainers and those are really the things that are getting the money in. Um, And sometimes digital products are just kind of a side thing that we can help smaller businesses with or whatever it is. So we kind of sometimes put them to the side uh, and maybe just talk about them when they're launched and then not really talk about that much at all. So I think being really consistent with your promotion of them is really important and treating them like you would uh, your services or your clients. Um, you know, you really want to treat your business like you would a client's business if you are wanting to, to sell and grow. Um, so, yeah, that would, again, something I'm guilty of, but would be my best advice.
1: Yeah, totally guilty of it myself. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it. What what if we had a service-based business that actually launched a physical product? Mm. Would you suggest that they start a whole new Instagram, whole new Facebook page for that physical product or still keep it under the same banner?
0: Yeah, if it's directly related to your business, um, I'll give you an example. Uh, I follow a naturopath uh, on Instagram, I think she is, and she released kind of like a herbal supplement. Um, that's definitely something I think that can stay under the same brand because it is, you know, directly related. But say you are um, a social media marketer and you released a fashion brand, you know, it's not something that's directly related. So definitely something you want to keep separate. Obviously something you can promote on your other socials because you might have that personal brand there and people that might be interested in that. But, yeah, it's definitely something that should should stay separate because it does have that unique audience so yeah I guess best way to think about it is it the same audience as your service if not switch it up and yeah separate it out yeah okay
1: perfect awesome all right so now let's talk a little bit more about paid so when you think about someone just getting started like they've grown that organic space they've built their community and now they're like okay I'm ready to start investing where should they start
0: yeah do you mean in terms of platforms or strategies or both
1: both.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, so we do most of our ads work uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so they're both done on the Facebook or Meta Ads Manager platform. Um, and, yeah, I think they're a really great way to start, especially if you have all of those other things in place um, because it is really easy to reach a lot of new people. You can target it really well, uh, have really great creatives, all of that sort of thing. Um, so in terms of strategy, always, always creating a funnel. Um, so in terms of how we would do that on ads, it's creating different campaigns for different audiences and different stages of that funnel. So creating a campaign for all your cold audiences, which are all those new audiences you're trying to reach. Um, having different audiences and ads in that, then you would a separate warm campaign with all of those audiences you've nurtured and grown already. So keeping those separate and making sure you're targeting both. So a lot of the people will be like, oh, i built all these audiences, so I want to retarget them and nurture them through the ad. So they just create, you know, a warm campaign. Um, But then the problem is you're not actually building on those audiences and uh, you only have, you know, a certain amount of people in that audience. So then when you turn on a cold campaign, which is all the new audiences, you will see that growth start to happen. But again, you can't do the cold campaign without the warm campaign because then you're just targeting new people and not nurturing them at all. Um, So definitely having both in place is the best best strategy and something I definitely recommend if you're going to do ads. And if you don't have the budget to do both and split across both, then I don't really recommend um, starting with ads because you're just not going to get the results. Okay. And so then for,
1: to prepare for that, what do they need to yes. do? Because I think like, it's one of those things, like it's like the cart before the, oh my God, I need to figure out what that saying yeah. is horse before the cart kind of thing. Yeah, And there's always going to be that uncomfortable space where you're investing and the results aren't there just yet or it's scary, right? Like that next level of investing. And I think that it's like, well, what do we need to have in place in order to trust that that's going to work? Or, yeah, I'm not really sure what I'm trying to ask you. It's like, how do we overcome that hurdle?
0: Yeah, I I do know what you mean. Um, A lot of it is going to be just making sure you have those things in place, you know, that I have spoken about in terms of consistent sales. Also, really great point, making sure you're not just relying on the ads for your sales. So um, as we kind of spoke about, you know, some people are like, I'm not getting any sales. I'm going to start Facebook ads and they'll get me sales. Um, And if you're just relying on that, it's going to be, again, in that stress state and all of that money you're pouring in is going to be, you know, you're relying on those sales and relying on that money to come back to you through the ads, but you're not getting sales anywhere else. It's definitely the worst, worst way to start ads. So, yeah, I think just making sure you're not relying on the ads and just using them as that platform to to build and grow um is kind of what you want to have in place um both physically and also in your mindset I guess
1: yeah because I think there's also like I can imagine that there's that fear around investing and putting that money aside because it is there's so many horror stories right like about mm-hmm. like all oh, this money I lost all this money yeah. and all this stuff so like is there anything else like I, I always think that from a money point of view mm-hmm. like if you're not setting money aside for investment back into your business, you will always stay at the same cycle, right? You'll always still just keep creating the same results because you're not reinvesting back in. And I think that's the same across service and product-based businesses. So maybe it's like even just getting your money sorted because Mm -hmm. if you're taking the money that you need to survive or you're taking the money that you need to reinvest in new product to Mm -hmm. actually have to sell, then you're staying in the same cycle, right? Like, especially with product-based businesses, like it's challenging to have stock sitting there that's not selling, mm-hmm. but at the same time going, well, I need to have money to put towards ads, but I'm taking that money from my life. Yeah. That's really hard. So what my suggestion would actually be is to start setting aside the smallest amount that can be put aside in a separate bank account that is designed for investment that you can actually take from that as you grow, right? Is there anything yeah. else that you would suggest?
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah, I heard um one of my agency friends uh, talk about this on Instagram would have been a few weeks ago now um jarrah from svj studios uh i'm sure you follow her um but yeah she was talking about how you know if you are ready to and this is i guess more outsourcing to kind of an agency but really starting ads at all you don't want to be using the money um that you use to live you want to be getting the profits from your products that you're selling and that's the money that you're investing um, into the ads and into the growth so yeah definitely having a separate marketing budget and making sure it's not that that survival money because that's when it is going to be stressful Um, and that's yeah not all we want to have we are with ads we don't want it to be a stressful experience
1: (laughs) not at all and it is like yeah if you're coming from that desperation or that scarcity you're basically like never it's not good energy to put out with your ads at all it probably won't work
0: <laughs> yes horrible energy for you for your ads for also if you are outsourcing to an agency or a freelancer also horrible energy for them to you know have to yeah. I guess deal with because we want it to be a really positive and fun experience and want to be able to get you the results so um yeah it's definitely when you can have that great mindset and not be so stressed about it is the best way and best time to start ads.
1: Yeah. Love it. And so what are you noticing in the market at the moment when it comes to people doing their Facebook advertising or Instagram advertising? Mm -hmm. What are you noticing is working and not working?
0: Yeah. uh, I guess I mentioned this before, but having that multi-channel approach, not just relying on one platform, whether that be paid or organic. Uh, Also in terms of just, you know, paid ads, uh, in terms of the creatives, you know, a lot of the time before we'd be using that real professional imagery and video. And now there's really been that shift to you know, that more organic just phone videos or photos uh, because, you know, that's what people are sharing organically on their socials. And ideally you don't want to stand out as an ad on the platform. You want it to be something that people just see naturally in their feed and go, oh, what's that? And then they, you know, read it and then they realize it's an ad and be like, oh, cool. And they're already invested in that because they didn't, you know, know it wasn't ad. People don't like ads. So if you can disguise your ads, as not an ad, that's when you're going to get really great uh, results. So yeah, things like use generated content um, and anything that really isn't super professional is working really well at the moment obviously there is definitely time and place for that professional content but um yeah I think it's becoming a lot easier for brands to create their own content which is great um because it saves money and time and you can create a lot more of it
1: love it and you're so right like the amount of times that I like flick back to a story because I thought it was someone that I knew and then I'm yes. like hang on a minute, what's this? Or I'll be scrolling through and then you end up down like the funnel and you're like already putting your email address in and then you're like, what? I that was even an ad. Yes. <laughs> Love it. So good. And so what, what do you wish business owners thought about Facebook advertising?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I wish that they... I feel like I've said this a few times already in this episode, but I wish they really thought of it as that kind of uh, growth tool to invest in and not that thing that's just going to be almost like a um, poker machine. What is it called? Like the pokies. What are they called? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I don't know why I couldn't think of what that was called. Um, But, you know, you're going to put money in it and it's going to bring money back, although the pokies don't do that all the time. Um, But, you know, people do think of it as that kind of transactional thing and think, you know, when they put some money in they're going to get, that money back. Um, and that's not really how you should be looking at the ads. Um, you know, you should be looking at it like any other marketing platform or strategy that you're using. Um, and it's for that long term growth. Uh, and, you know, you might have to invest in it and might not give you money back straight away. But over the long term, it's going to help you grow and help you scale and get to that next level. So, yeah, I think just changing the business owners' mindset around ads and then kind of how they work and how they should work for you. Um, is probably what, yeah, I wish more people knew. Um, but definitely something I yeah, educate a lot on hoping to change people's minds about, about ads and, um, yeah, making them think of them as this fun growth tool, rather than just that transactional, stressful, relying on ads situation. Yeah.
1: Love it. So good. So good, Chelsea. So, Tell me more about the, you were going to share with us a, a way to actually work on your organic marketing and we're going to, I'm going to share a link in the show notes. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, so I've spoken a bit about, you know, content, um, having that really great content strategy, building a community, all of those sort of things. So uh, I have a free opt in, and it's all about creating your content strategy. Um, So we go into creating your content pillars, which are, you know, different topics. And um, there's some great tips in there about making sure you are posting the right content for your audience uh, and converting them and nurturing them and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, we'll definitely have a link for you. Um, But that's, yeah, just a free opt in. And um, yeah, I've got some great feedback. From it, from the people that have downloaded it, it's um been quite a long-term uh freebie of mine because yeah, people just just love it. And if you can just start creating that content strategy even in a basic way, it's going to really help you.
1: Amazing, amazing. And where can people find you, reach out to you, learn more about you?
0: Yes. Yeah, so I have a website, um just blossommedia.com.au, but Instagram is definitely where I am. Most active on there, way too much. Um, but I do share a lot of educational content as well on there. So if you do want to learn more, definitely come and follow me on there. It's just Blossom Media underscore at the end. Um, but yeah, always always happy to chat, answer questions, and um, yeah, very active on there. So come and follow along. Amazing. I'll make sure all the show notes are in the
1: notes. All the links are in the show notes. My goodness, we went back to front today. <laughs> all of the links are in the show notes, so they can come and check out all that you share. And yes, you do share lots of valuable content. So thank you so much for doing that. And so one last question, what's one thing that you think is important for a business owner to think about when it ta- comes to taking their business to the next level?
0: Oh, good question. Um, I think just making sure that you are willing to invest, because I do think you have to, and I know we've spoken about this a bit, but I do think you have to invest um, money usually to get to that next level, um, specifically in an e-commerce business. So making sure you're putting that money aside and making sure you have that mindset of, you know, I am going to invest into my business, but it's going to come back to me and it is going to get me to that stage I want to be at. So, yeah, definitely a big believer in investing um, and I think it's vital to do in a business if you don't want to stay in the exact same spot.
1: I absolutely agree. You cannot keep just selling to the same audience. And unless you're doing a bunch of different organic strategies to bring in new audiences, then ads is probably the quickest and best way to do it, right? Yeah, 100%. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all this incredible information with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here today.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook and if you feel so moved please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week
0: and here's to taking your life to the next level.